Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Six. Welcome to another episode of the 643 Podcast, brought to you by the Dickie Broadcasting Company and 680 The Fan. Also, you can find it on the Podcast Park, along with all of your other favorite 680 The Fan hosts and their podcasts, whether it's the Frozen uh, Frozen Rope Report with Kevin McAlpin, whether it is uh, Matt Chernoff, who so lovingly has two podcasts on the channel, Hardball with Chris Tomino, or what have you. There is a show for everybody at the Podcast Park. Download, like, and subscribe to your favorite shows. Download your favorite ones. Rate your favorite hosts. All that good stuff so you can be kept up to date when a new episode drops. And thank you, as always, for tuning in to me here at the 643 Show. Dylan Short with you, as always. So, a little bit of a rough day yesterday as Max Freed was on the bump. And if you were just looking at the stat line of the game, you'd probably come away thinking, oh, well, another outing where Max Freed was kind of not at his best. You'd think, okay, well, that's kind of two in a row, maybe three in a row, where Max really wasn't all that good. Uh, as the Braves drop game one to the filthy, filthy, filthy Phillies, uh, six to four. When you look at Max's stat line, six innings, nine hits, three runs, no walks, eight strikeouts. That was nice to see. The nine hits is kind of eye-opening. Until you dig a little bit deeper, yesterday was one of the weirdest games you'll see. It was, it was not a typical game. When you dig into it a little bit, in his 27 batters faced, the nine hits he gave up. He had a 12 strikeout per nine. That's fantastic. The BABIP against him, the batting average on balls in play, 474. That is the highest that has been all season long. He actually did, ground ball percentage-wise, was pretty good, right at 47.4%. The average exit velocity against him, get this, 80.3 miles an hour. It is the worst anybody has hit off of Max Freed all season long. His ERA was 450. His FIP that's fielding independent pitching. That's just what he's responsible for. 0.46. It was, it looks bad in the box score, but he actually pitched really, really well. Yeah, it still goes down as a quality start, which is what Max Fried does so well. But this was a big step in the right direction for Max. That's now two starts in a row for him where he hasn't allowed a walk. Unfortunately, this was one of those games where it seems like the baseball gods just kind of had a vendetta against the Braves, and they just kind of decided how this was going to go. There were so many bloop hits and under 80-mile-an-hour hits in that game that you didn't know where to go. There were some really weird plays, including a play at first base with Matt Olson, where if you watch that play, there's a lot of kind of backseat uh umpiring a lot of backseat playing over here everybody saying oh you got to charge that ball you got to get it in the air uh, on a ball that got kind of blooped 
kind of in no man's land in first base. And all things being equal, yes, Olsen should have charged to try to get it in the air. But he also, one thing that you have to consider that wasn't really discussed is during this play, you had Max Fried sprinting over to first thinking he's probably going to have to cover the bag. So if Olsen comes charging in, he's still going to have to dive for it to get it in the air. And if he dives, you got Max Fried running at him, full speed running at the bag. They're going to intersect. or There's at least a decent chance they're going to intersect. That is that is ultimate danger zone. Unfortunately, when the ball hit the ground, it took one of the once-in-a-lifetime type of bad hop on Matt Olson, and two runs came around to score. And unfortunately, those two runs paid big dividends that ended up going down as a double for Bryson Stott, who had uh, who Bryson Stott had himself a day. Bryson Stott has been really bad all year. You wouldn't be able to tell it last night as he had five ribbies uh, out of the six runs the Phillies scored. Five of them came from Bryson Stott, who's been hitting 196, 268, 332 after the two for four performance. Uh, just just one of those weird games. A.J. Minter came on in the eighth inning. And A.J., who's been so good all season long, just was not last night. Gave up three hits, three all three, uh, three earned runs off of a big home run by Bryson Stott on uh, a pitch where he sped up his bat. He got him, he got him to swing and miss and look kind of foolish on a couple of fastballs. And then fed him a cutter, and uh, Bryson Stott didn't miss it, took it yard, and that ended up being the difference in the game, 6-4 to four as the final. Now, the Braves offensively, they looked equal parts good and bad. Ronald Acuna went one for four, but I really liked, I don't want to say I really liked, there. I, I liked the velocity that you were seeing with Ronald Acuna. He's been in such a slump lately that you're, that you're looking for hard contact, but the bigger issue for me in this slump, one of the bigger things that's kind of going on with Ronald is he's still hitting the ball really hard. When you look at his StatCast page, I mean, he, he's he's still up there. I believe he's in the 89th percentile in terms of exit velocity right now. And yeah, that's a little bit down for him. But <laughs> it's still in the 85th or 89th percentile for all of Major League Baseball. I mean, he's doing, he's still hitting the ball really hard. And that ultimately is the main goal. The harder you hit the ball, the more likely you are to get base hits and yada, 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 so on and so forth. The issue for Ronald and what's really been prolonging this slump for him has been that he's just hitting the ball on the ground. And you've seen that. You you saw a few perfect examples of it last night. He's actually now in the 90th percentile for uh, average exit velocity, 93rd in hard hit. His XWAP is in the 95th percentile. I mean, if you look at his, if you look at his numbers on StatCast, it looks like he should be having an incredible season. And he's not, because he's just hitting the ball on the ground. When you dig deeper, you see his launch angle this year is 11.7. That's the lowest it's ever been in his career. That's a almost a full seven points below what you saw in 2020 and 2021, when Ronald is so good because he hits the ball so hard anyway, but you have to get a little bit of lift on it if you're going to do any real damage or hope to get on base at any real clip. I mean, his actual, his hard hit rates are better than any year they've been since 2020 and 2021. It's better than his 2019 season and better than his 2018 season. He's doing a lot of things well. He's not walking quite as much as he as he did the past two years, but again, his walk rate is about the same as it was in 2019, slightly above. His strikeout rate is is lower than it's than any season other than 2021. I mean, he's not performing badly. He's just not doing what we're used to seeing from Ronald. And on the one hand, 
it helps you kind of calm the tide a little bit. When you can dig a little bit deeper, go beyond just the surface slash, and you can see, okay, he's still doing most of the things that, that signify he's an elite hitter. He only needs to change one thing, and the only thing he needs to change is lifting the ball. And we say that, but he's it's been this way for a few weeks now. And I'm not going to sit here and bash Ronald. It it really irritates me to, to see the amount of, of Braves fans that seem to hate Ronald Acuna or take any opportunity they can to talk about how he's lazy or how he doesn't play hard and how he doesn't care enough about the team or the game and that the Braves should just trade him or sit him or whatever. I don't understand how you can be so stupid, first of all. I don't know why people think that it's okay that we've got this segment going on. Nobody had this same energy for any of the past Brave superstars, going all the way back to Chipper. Uh, and trust me, there were plenty of plays where Chipper loafed it uh, because no one plays 100% every play. You can tell me, oh, well, this guy does. No, not even Brandon Nimmo goes 100% on every play because you just don't. Ronald coming back from an ACL injury and... I know ACLs aren't as bad as they used to be. They're not death knells anymore. Now, if you do look at Ronald's sprint speed, it is pretty drastically down from what it typically is for him, 74th percentile. I think part of that is also he's hitting so many balls on the ground hard that he's just there's no need to sprint them all the way out because he's not going to beat it out. If you hit a ball 109 miles an hour to the third baseman, you're not beating it out. Um, but certainly for a guy like Ronald, whose game is based on explosion, this may be the first major injury he's ever had in his life. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. That's a difficult thing to come back from. you you got to get mentally right as well as physically right. And I, I, loved, I loved what I heard from Brian Snicker. And it, it wasn't in the Phillies game. It was in, was it the, oh, which game was it? It was a few games ago where it might have been, it might have been Sunday's game. I believe it was Sunday's game, the, the finale against LA, where, he misplayed a ball in right field where he, he thought he would be able to, to kind of run and get to one and get underneath it rather than get to the spot and play it. And it just didn't work out for him. And it played it badly. And the night before, this is important to note the night before he had tried to jump for a ball and climb the wall and it bounced off the bricks and nearly blasted him in the head. Now they have already told Ronald multiple times this year to take it easy. And, especially in a game that at that point was 8-1. to one. You could understand, probably not, it, it was bad optics, I guess, but ultimately, with a guy coming off an ACL, he's you know that play's not going to change any calculus for you that late in the game, whatever. But the Braves broadcast group, particularly Brian Jordan, decided that it would be a good idea to start you know, lambasting Ronald, talking about how bad he was playing and how that was, and, and calling him lazy, saying that that was a lazy play and that he didn't do what he needed to do. And I just find that so ridiculous to have to to have to listen to that night in and night out from Ronald. 
a guy that typically plays so hard that you have to actually tell him, hey, cool it. Don't play so hard. Remember, you're coming back from injury. And they asked him, they asked Brian Snicker about this in the postgame. And what I finally heard, I finally heard Snicker basically intimate that he's tired of hearing that question, that he's tired of these people asking this and trying to drive a wedge. This is not anything new. Atlanta media has been doing this, and I say Atlanta media as if I'm not technically part of it, but a lot of of Atlanta media has been doing this since 2019, since David O'Brien at The Athletic decided after that Cardinals game where Ronald, we all know what happened, Ronald hit one that he thought should have been gone, and if they'd been using the, the baseballs from the regular season, would have been gone, but it didn't leave the yard, bounced off the wall, and Ronald was jogging, ended up with a single instead of a double. And David O'Brien couldn't wait after the game to go run around the the locker room and try to get every player on the team to give a quote about Ronald Acuna and trying to intimate that Ronald Acuna cost a game in which the bullpen blew it. Never mind the fact that Ronald was the only reason that the Braves were in position to win that game to begin with. But that, because of that, and it really does show you the influence of media members. If you ever wonder why so many, like what you get with Nick Castellanos and... uh, uh, was it John Jim Salisbury, maybe uh, a Philadelphia reporter up there? If you ever wonder why athletes seem so poisoned against the media, it's because of things like this. Because media members will run with a narrative, they'll go to get clicks because that's how they get paid. They'll go and they'll go behind your back and try to sow discord in the locker room to get teammates to go running out and giving public statements against each other. And if they can just get a couple of them to do it, they know that that's going to be a huge story for them. And now all of a sudden you've got issues in the locker room to the point where this offseason when Ronald was asked about Freddie and Ronald said some less than flattering things. It wasn't exactly, you know, animus, but kind of just said, you know, we're not really friends. He's a great player and all that. And then it got misconstrued in the media, which Ronald was not happy about in that respect either. You can understand why people get upset with the media and this whole this whole trick of lobbing that grenade and then acting outraged that people are calling you out on it or oh i didn't do that that's not what happened i mean we can all read it and athletes know that this is the game some of them are still very good to the media some of them have really close relationships with media members some of them do not and some of them just refuse to speak to the media for that very reason and unfortunately this is not a talking point that has ever gone away with ronald and it's the he's the only person on the team that anybody ever brings this up about. And it's because of people like David O'Brien. And unfortunately, you have a bunch of people that will that don't want to think for themselves, that don't want to do any sort of critical thinking. All they want to do is run with a narrative that someone told them once. Someone that they view as an authority figure. And, oh, well, David O'Brien wrote this piece on it. Oh, and Freddie said something in a postgame. Oh, even Aussie said something in a postgame. It must be true all the time. And instead, you get these people calling a 24-year-old generational talent, I'll say it, the most talented player the Braves have ever had outside of, you know, I'll say, just to be nice to people, I'll say since Chipper Jones. Ronald Acuna is a lot more naturally talented than any player that the Braves have ever had with the exception of maybe Hank Aaron. But Ronald has the, the speed, power, explosion, defense, arm, that package that Ronald has. There's not been another person in the, in the Braves organization that's had that outside of Andrew Jones. Andrew, and, I, and I, this is some of the thing. I think Andrew Jones is maybe the most naturally talented player that's ever played the game of baseball. I think the problem was, I just don't think Andrew really liked baseball quite as much. I think that base, I think Andrew liked baseball. I just don't think he loved baseball in the same way that you have to in order to get the most out of your tools, which I think actually makes it more amazing that he's got Hall of Fame numbers with such a short peak because he just didn't really, 
I just don't think he really did what he could do. But at some point, this is going to get old for Ronald, and it's going to poison Ronald against the team and against the fan base, which is a bad move for anyone in Atlanta. So I loved having Snit get a little bit snippy with the reporter asking the question and saying, I thought Ronald played well. Ronald's played some or made some some really good plays too. And, and saying, I'm tired of hearing, and basically just saying, I'm tired of you guys bringing this up. It needed to be done. It really needed to be done years ago. But I'm good on Snicker for, for making that known then. And I'm hoping if Snicker can make it well known that, hey, this is an idiot talking point, if he can be a little bit more Nick Castellanos on this, then we can get this to go away. And we can stop having these idiotic discussions every time something bad happens for Ronald. Because once this guy starts lifting the ball again, he's going to go back to being the Ronald Acuna that most of us all know and love. Like Everything else is saying that breakout is on the way. It's a testament to the Braves that they've played as well as they have with Ronald playing the way he has. And it's a real testament to the talent of Ronald Acuna that he can be playing probably the worst extended baseball of his young career to this point, and he's still been an above-average player. But for the Braves to have any hope to go deep this postseason, Ronald has to be Ronald. You cannot go into this postseason hoping that you make another three small deals at the deadline for guys that aren't performing well in their current locations or, or hopeful ads. You, can't, you're, you don't want to go into this postseason doing the same thing you did last year. That's not generally a recipe to win World Series. And the Braves don't just have going to the postseason on their mind. They have their eyes on a World Series. They've got a lot of talent. Now they're having to deal with a lot of injuries, though. As they did find out now that Adam Duvall, who got pulled from the game on Sunday, he's going to be out for the rest of the year with a torn tendon sheath in his wrist. And that is bad news. Duvall, I know the surface line, again, looks bad for Adam Duvall. Just look at the numbers since Michael Harris came up. And Adam Duvall had been playing really, really well. He'd been playing his normal great defense offensively, you know, he's always kind of a, he's always a boomer bust. If he's not hitting a homer, then he's striking out or popping up. That's just kind of his deal. We all know that. He's still a valuable player on this team. He's still a very valuable player on this team, not just for the power he can bring you, but he does have a knack for clutch home runs and big time situations. You saw the grand slam in the world series that hardly anybody even talks about because the Braves ended up losing that game, but also because he gave you the ability to sub defensively late in games for Eddie Rosario. And it meant that you never had to see Marcelo Zuna play in the field. And that in and of itself is a net positive. Unfortunately with Duvall out, that now changes the calculus as you get to the trade deadline. This time, two weeks ago, I was sitting here thinking that the main thing the Braves needed to add was a relief pitcher. Maybe get another second baseman to split time until Ozzy gets back, who can become you know, a utility guy once Ozzy's ready and raring to go. But the main function, the main piece needed was a relief pitcher. Well, with the way Ian Anderson has, has been just nosediving all season long, culminating in his last outing on Sunday against L.A., where he was... I've never seen Ian as bad as he was in that outing, and it started from the jump. Ironically enough, he, they, the Angels batted around in the first inning, and Ian saw Shohei twice, and those were like the first two, those were two of the outs that Ian got were Shohei Otani uh, twice. Ian went three innings, gave up eight hits, seven earned runs, three walks to two strikeouts, and all of that came with only one home run. It has been a bad year for Ian anyway. He has not looked good for any extended stretch of time this year. But Sunday was a new low because the Angels, they're one of the worst teams in baseball this year. They might be the worst lineup this year. And if you dig into Ian's numbers, you'll you'll see his FIP is at a 447, which is is 
pretty significantly better than his 531 ERA. And I, you know, you'd be tempted to say, yeah, you know what? He's just had some bad luck. Just, you know, let him work through it and, and the ball will bounce his way. To a point, you might be right. Maybe Ian kind of figures something out and, and is able to work around it. To this point in time, he's not shown me anything to make me believe that that's coming this year. Uh, now, Ian has certainly been talented enough in the past to where, sure, he could turn it on at any time. I think part of Ian's issue, though, is his fastball has been so bad this year that it makes him really predictable. He's a change-up guy. That's that's his main out pitch. His curve's actually been pretty good this year. But again, if you look at his stat cast, he's been dancing around with some magic. 41st percentile on average exit velocity, 29th in hard hit percentage, 30th in expected weighted on base average, 30th in expected ERA, 29th in expected batting average. He is 53rd in expected slugging, 77th in barrel percentage, but 27th in strikeout percentage, 13th in walk percentage. And this is percentile. This is not good. You know, he's getting some whiffs, mostly on his on his breaking balls. His fastball velocity is in the 57th. It hasn't been bad. But his chase rate's in the 42nd. And here's the bad part for Ian. Here is why things go so badly so quickly for Ian. Fastball spin, first percentile. Curveball spin, first percentile. That is horrendous. That is one of the reasons why the fastball is so bad, because you can't play it with it up in the zone if you've got no spin. It just looks like a beach ball. There's no life. There's no riding action. There's no nothing. It's just flat, and it's easy to get to. It's about 94, 95, which in this day and time, that's average. Everybody throws that. So you're not getting that past somebody if you don't have the tight spin on it necessary to make somebody swing under it. And if you can't get the fastball by anybody, no one is going to be worried about your off-speed pitches, which means, as a result, your changeup and your curve aren't going to be as effective as they would maybe normally be. And I don't know, I don't know the answer to fixing Ian Anderson. He was never as good as what you had seen you know, in the postseason. He was he was not that guy. But he's also not this guy. Ian is a guy that ultimately, you know, long term, I still think is fine as a four or a five. I don't think he's a top of the rotation guy. But you don't need him to be. The Braves, with what Kyle Wright did this year, what you've seen from Spencer Strider, what you've gotten from Max Freed, you know, that you're you're set in your top three right there. Now, if Jared Schuster, who, by the way, congratulations, Jared Schuster, who got called up to Gwinnett today, I do think you'll see him make at least one start here in the second half. I think he's a name to watch as somebody that could potentially replace Ian if this continues going. I don't know what the right answer for Ian is, though. For the Braves, you know, you're not really in a position to let him just kind of figure this out. Now, on the one hand, it's not as dire as maybe it can kind of seem at times because you don't need five starters in the postseason. You only need three, four at the absolute most. And Ian was not going to be in this starting rotation anyway based off of how he's pitched this season. He'd be into the bullpen this, this postseason anyway. But long term, and for the outlook of the Braves, this is a disaster season for Ian Anderson. This is a guy that the Braves had pegged as being the, the eventual number two behind Max Freed for this rotation. And it just has not happened. He hasn't looked good. He's gotten progressively worse each year. But this year is an, is just another level of bad. And while Kyle Muller and Tucker Davidson haven't done very well at the big league level this year, at some point Kyle Muller is going to get a shot because he's been exceptional in AAA. 
Now, I'm not that certain that Kyle Muller will hold on to the spot either because Kyle does tend to struggle with putting batters away once he gets to two strikes because he's not he's still not great at being able to throw his breaking pitches for strikes consistently, which means he doesn't get chases on them as much as he as his stuff would dictate. I think it's possible that Jared Schuster actually jumps a lot of them at AAA and gets his first start. Waskar has not been what I've expected to see from Waskar. I still believe wholeheartedly in Waskar, but I want him to stay down all year and work with Mike Merrith. But for the Braves, that does change the calculus of the deadline. Now you're thinking that you need a starter because you don't know how long Spencer Strider is going to be able to be Spencer Strider. Alex Anthopoulos said there's no innings limits on him, but I think that that just means what I've been saying is you let you let Spencer's play determine how long Spencer stays in the rotation. And I think that's the right way to play it, honestly. I think I think we'll probably see him fade at some point and then maybe skip a start here or there and work it out. But I think now if you're the Braves, you're knowing that the Mets are going to spend on the deadline. They've already added Dan Vogelbach, and I'm, that is definitely not where they're ending. I have a feeling they're going to go to try to add somebody big. Mm-hmm. Not sure who it is, but I have a feeling they'll try to add somebody big because they're not going to get Juan Soto. There's no way the Nationals trade him in division. It's just not going to happen. But that doesn't mean that Cohen can't go out and get some other big names that are on the trade market in the next couple of weeks here. And if you're the Braves, you got to be very careful. I don't think the Braves want to be a wild card. I know, well, as a matter of fact, I know they don't want to be a wild card. This is a team that wants to win the division. This is a team that should win the division. It's the team that, really, if they just played baseball the way they should have been all season long, we wouldn't even be having this discussion but unfortunately, they dug themselves that big hole in the beginning of the season. And now, now you're starting to get bit by the injury bug a little bit. And you don't have the horses down in Gwinnett to just kind of plug and replace them. You don't have the depth needed to absorb a loss like Duval without having to make Ozuna play defense, which is not a good idea for your team. And by the way, just on Marcel Ozuna, I know the stat cast data looks pretty good on him. Like he's hitting the ball hard. Uh, he's had an abysmal season. There's a there's a for real chance that he could hit 30 home runs and still be a negative F4 player this year. That's how bad it's been for Marcelo Zuna. He has 18 home runs, which is nice. Like his, his he's got a lot of red on a Statcast page. Unfortunately, there's also a lot of blue on there, and just hasn't just hasn't done well at all. He's got an OPS under 700, not what you were hoping to see from a guy that's pretty much unplayable at defense at this point in time. William Contreras seems to be in the lineup more often than not. But even William Contreras, is, he's kind of hit a little bit of the struggle bus a little bit himself. Some pitchers have kind of figured him out a little bit, and he's in the midst of trying to adjust back. Now, I think he's certainly talented enough to do so. I love his swing. I think he'll I think he'll adjust just fine. Uh, he's still got some okay numbers himself, although his framing is in the 10th percentile, which I test doesn't back that up, but, you know, whatever. He still has an 870 OPS. He's still doing very good. His exit velo just dropped below 90 to 89.9. At this point, I think that... William needs to be in the lineup more than Marcelo Ozuna. I think at this point, Ozuna should be kind of third in that totem between Contreras, Travis Darno, and Ozuna. Um, Eddie Rosario is going to have to play nearly every day, but because now you're going to have to go and get an outfielder for sure. You're going to have to get somebody that can um, start against that can start against lefties, but just as the guy that can give Eddie Rosario a bit of a break because Eddie he's been slumping hard all season long and. While he had some decent, he had, he had a little bit of a decent run right when he came back from the surgery and got up to the big leagues. He's been mired in a bit of a hole himself now. Michael Harris isn't hitting quite as well as you were seeing before the break. That's to be expected. He's, he's still doing great things to help you out. Defensively, he's still amazing. Made a play last night that was absolutely incredible. That, at least for a moment, saved a couple runs. 
Uh, that was just one of one of the better plays you'll see that doesn't show up in a stat line, which Mike seems to do constantly. But the Braves are wearing it a little bit. They're getting a little worn down. They're going to have to figure some things out. You can't count on Robinson Cano, who's been awful. Orlando Arcia has been making some incredible defensive plays, but offensively, he's really dropped off. There's still no update on exactly when Ozzy's going to be back, so now you start thinking it's probably towards the back end of August. If you're the Braves and you're looking to, to take this division from the Mets, who I don't think are just going to collapse and give it to you this year, you're going to have to go out and make some deals. And there's some rumors from, from some sites on Twitter that I don't view as all that reputable saying that Jock Peterson is one they're looking at. I'll just say this. You won't find any true rumors on who the Braves are talking to because Alex doesn't let that stuff leak. I think there's quite a few guys that make sense. Ian Happ, I think, would be the high side for the Braves. You get Ian Happ, then he's going to start all over the field. He can play all three outfield spots. He's played second base in the past, too, although I think he'd probably just be an outfielder. Uh, he is better as a lefty than he is as a righty, but you know what? Don't really care. Or might have that backwards. He might be better as a righty. He might be better against... No, no, no. He should be better against righties than he is against lefties. And he's a guy that's not, you know, he's not incredible, but he's very solid. And I don't think the Braves need to add incredible. Like, the Braves aren't going to go out and add Juan Soto at the deadline. But they don't have to add a Soto type. They can go out and they have enough horses, especially now that Austin Riley has decided that he's going to be the preeminent power hitter in the National League as he just continues on a torrid pace this season. Matt Olson is starting to really, really get the home run ball in effect now. Ronald, I keep saying, if Ronald could just lift the ball a little bit, he's going to start hitting major home runs. I still believe it's going to happen. And actually, Ian Happ is better versus lefties than he is against right. He's significantly better versus lefties. So that's good. He fits that that platoon side right there, and he's still above average as a left-handed hitter as, as well, so I'm fine with that anyway. But I think I still think Ronald's going to be a guy that can get 20 home runs in this half. He's going to have to figure it out soon. He's going to have to start lifting the ball soon. And I think that's part of the problem is the more he presses, the way his swing is, the harder it is to dial it in timing-wise. And this Braves team, unless they go out and they add some major pieces at the deadline, you're going to be relying on Ronald Acuna and Austin Riley and Matt Olson. And Dansby Swanson, who quietly has been hitting a little bit of a slump himself. And this is what I've been saying. If you've listened to me on 680 The Fan the past few times I've been on, I have mentioned that that is what I'm keeping an eye on for Dansby. And I've said it, it's not really fair to Dansby because he hasn't really shown anything this year to make you think that he's going to be, you know, typical slumping Dansby. But so far in the second half, now granted, second half is... <laughs> Not a lot of games. Second half is uh, second half is four games, so super small sample size. But 188, not doing much. The strikeouts are trending upward. The walks are uh, kind of down a little bit. Strikeouts are 35%. But again, again, four games. Don't freak out. But his line's at 188, 235, 188 for the second half for a guy that just busted in the first half and went uh, 294, 353, 481. We'll see if Dansby, if this is real Dansby, and he can kind of straighten this back out. That helps the Braves immeasurably. But I think Ronald and Dansby are going to be very important keys for the Braves to, to not just go deep in the playoffs, but just to beat the Mets, which is something that you always should want to do, is to beat the filthy, no-good, lousy Mets. All that to say, 
And I'll say this in closing, because I feel like I'm rambling a little bit today. I'm not, I'm not worried yet. I still think the Braves win this division. I still think they win it comfortably by about four or five games. I still think the Braves are just better than the Mets. I still don't really believe in the Mets lineup. I don't think that they're a very well-rounded team. Um, I think the Braves are more well-rounded, particularly when they're healthy. Um, but there are certainly a few pieces on this Brave spot. There are a few positions on this team that you that you have to address that I did not think you would have to address this season. So I don't want to say Alex has the most work cut out for him. It's not like last year's deadline where he's got to take a team that's playing vastly under what they should be and, and find a way to, to get them playing well super quickly. But Alex has ha, Alex has some real work to do with this team. And I, I think the Braves can do it. I think they can add the pieces they need without going big and breaking the bank, which I think is what Alex is going to do anyway. I don't think he's going to be... I don't think he's going to... He's, he's not a player for Luis Castillo. I highly doubt that, that we're a player for Mali. Uh, I don't see him being a player for any of the real big names. I think Hap is probably the biggest name that we're probably going to be in on. And I'm not even certain that, that we'll be all that in on Ian Hap. We'll see what Alex has up his sleeve. But for, for Braves fans out there, try not to panic. The Phillies are a bad baseball team. You did put yourself behind the eight ball by losing game one. Now you got to try to even up the series with against Aaron Nola, which is not an easy task. Aaron Nola has been nails all season long. Um, but you do have Spencer Strider going, so I'll be very interest, interested to see if if Strider's last outing was maybe more a case of Washington seeing him twice in a week and knowing how to approach him, or if it was maybe maybe tipping a little bit, maybe it was just a bad outing for him, or maybe teams had kind of figured him out. We'll we'll kind of fi- we'll we'll at least have a pretty good idea what the answer to that question is tonight, as it is, uh, as we end this now, as we say in closing. Uh, 7.05, I believe, is first pitch today. We'll see what the Braves can do against Aaron Nola. The Braves, um, now they're in Philadelphia, so if they can hit the balls in the air, they'll hit some home runs. We'll see how it goes. Uh, hopefully the Braves can take game two and then take game three and uh, look to even the odds and take the division from the Mets. Because as I've said, once the Braves take the division, I think it's done. I think once the Braves take first place, they're not going to give it back. But you got to you got to take first place in order to be in first place, and that gets started tonight against Aaron Nola. Hopefully Spencer Strider's out there throwing a hundo and striking everybody out. We don't have to worry about weird Babbitt God stuff. But as this, I'm going to go ahead and end this here. Go do a little bit more yard work. Get ready to watch the game tonight as a Strider Spencer Strider's must see TV. So uh, hopefully everybody out there enjoyed the episode. I actually will be on 680 The Fan tomorrow with Dan Matthews. Uh, I will be doing the front rows audio fun bag from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. And then on Thursday from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. with Wiley Ballard, who I've been on quite a few times with, uh, as you guys have heard. So as always, thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. Like and subscribe on uh, the Podcast Park or on iTunes or wherever you listen to this, uh, just so I can take this to the boss and say, see, people like me. They really, really like me. Uh, you know, whatever. Just thank you guys for consuming the content. Always appreciate it. And we'll be back again Thursday right here for the 643 Podcast. <laughs> That's all, folks. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. 
First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.